Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Mouth and Off Sports Show, hosted on WBIM 91.5 FM, home of the Bridgewater State Bears. And I am joined in. We have a full show. We've got Zach Lacey, Jonathan Sullivan, and Ryan Brown all across from me. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Great. Great to be back in the studio. Absolutely. It's your first time, Zach, in the, in the upstairs studio, the Bear Cave. First time upstairs, yeah. It's a little weird uh, looking across, seeing you behind the glass. Yeah, you know. Um, but, you know. You know. Jonathan, how we doing? Doing well. Week two, let's roll. Week two. Week two, baby. Ryan, how we living? Doing great. Debut season. Debut season hey, for debut Ryan. debut season. Yo, absolutely. And we're in the upstairs studio, so the phone patch up here is still not fixed. It is fixed downstairs, so if you want to call... If you want a song played or anything like that, or if you have a take that you want to get in real quick, we'll uh, react to it on the air. And so if you want to do that, you can call us at 508-531-1303. So let's get started, boys. we got a full slate of week four games. We have a Patriots game that was actually a game. We actually got a game. And it was against the Buffalo Bills, led by Josh Allen and their defense, which proved to be, in my mind, a legit defense. Let's start with some opening thoughts. Uh, Zach? Yeah, that was one of my biggest takeaways of the game is the Bills' D is legit. And, yeah, they looked really good. Um, I think the Pats played okay. I mean, they got the job done. The D is going to be what wins this games all year. Um, but you can see they really missed Edelman. He was playing, but he wasn't really playing. Mm-hmm. They missed him as a chain mover over the middle. And the running game, just non-existent still. Literally non-existent. It's awful. Yeah. Jonathan? Yeah, I'd say the offense as a whole, tough, tough game for them. I mean, they scored a, a, a touchdown on a block punt, so really they only scored, you know, nine points. Um, and, I mean, yeah, like Zach said, the offensive line, just just bad. I mean, I'll, we'll get to that later with strengths and weaknesses. But, yeah, I mean, Buffalo's legit. I mean, you could be looking at wild card team there. Uh, you know, they're pretty good, but, you know. Pass got the job done. Wasn't the prettiest of games, but wins a win. So you got got to roll with that. Opening take, Ryan. Kostowski needs competition, and he needs it now. Otherwise, get just go, get rid of him. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. That's that's I'm fair. All set. Cost me the spread. I'm done with him. Every Bendy. every week Bendy since cost since all week of one. us the spread. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm still not happy about that. Literally since week one, uh, that was his only good week, only clean week so far in the season. My opening take is it was going to be Gostowski, but Ryan always taking my takes, but that's fine. Uh, the defense is just, it's like solidified. I know the first three games were against eh offenses, and the Bills are another eh offense, but that defense literally won you the game. The special teams as well, but the offense gave the Bills every chance possible, imaginable, to win that game. And the defense was just the ultimate factor. They were denying the Bills. And if it wasn't for Matt Barkley, it probably wouldn't have even been as close as it was in the end because Josh Allen, again, was just making some of the most ridiculous, terrible throws I've seen an NFL quarterback try to make, attempt to make, always throwing off his back foot. And he's so erratic that you know Matt Barkley actually brought some consistency and some structure to that offense. But, yeah, that defense is very legit and I we haven't seen a Patriots deal like this in over a decade well over a decade so I love that other than the Pats though last week I said I was out on the Browns 
I'm back in, baby. Just just gonna throw that out there. I'm back in. All back in on, on the, the Baker uh, train. Back on the Baker train. The Baker play. People sleep on the Baker play. You know, roll out to the right. One read. It's gonna it's gonna click. It's gonna click, <laughs> and they're gonna be like four and two when they end up facing the Pats. Mark my words. I'm back. I I need someone to tear this. Get a new one for <laughs> having the audacity. Last week, I heard this kid several times repeatedly say. Oh, I'm so out on Baker. He hated Cleveland. All he does is roll out to the right, make one read, can't do anything else. And now, now he's oh, I'm back. He made he he won one game, put up forty on the on the Baltimore defense. He is back. He can make all the one read rollouts he wants. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so in. And then he gets Kareem Hunt back week nine, I believe. So they're gonna be rolling, man. Playoff team. No, you watch out. No, they're gonna be terrible by then. <laughs> Their next five or six games are brutal. They might win one of them. 13-3, right? Yeah. Only you don't feel comfortable with any of them. <laughs> nah. Nah. You guys sleep. <laughs> I think this was more about the Seah- about the sorry, the Ravens defense than the Browns as a whole. I agree. Frost. The Ravens, Ravens defense for Awful. Yeah. Awful. Not good. Nick Chubb just walked through everybody <laughs> for 39 fantasy points, and Nick still couldn't beat me. But besides the point. Their secondary is trash, too. And the Ravens are going to have to score a lot of points this year to be good at anything. They might be capable of doing right. that. Lamar seems to be getting more and more consistent and legit as the season progresses. But if that defense keeps repeating that kind of performance, I don't know if he can overcome that with the, uh, the skill weapons that he has. Right. I mean, they played Kansas City week three, and Kansas City came out on top. It kind of seems like the Ravens and Kansas City are, are almost the same team. Kansas City just is a little bit better because they have a better quarterback, and that's the really only difference. Yeah, so... With the Pats, going back to the Pats, before I start digging in on the rest of the games, like, this is a win that they don't normally get. I believe, not sure about their exact record, but they are not known to win games when they don't score at least 20 points. Especially in the in the middle of this run, in the, during the 2010 era, when the defense was literally, the philosophy was bend, don't break, and put up, the offense has to put up 30-plus points. And now they win a game like that, 16-13, to 13, albeit against the Bills. But still, it's very impressive. Devin McCourty, four picks in four games. I don't know. J.C. Jackson, probably the MVP of that game. I know he had a couple plays where he slipped up, but two picks. And then on that, that punt, it was ridiculous. Another thing I'll say is, uh, so the Jamie Collins play. So I found out, me and Zach had been talking about this, that Jamie Collins ran basically the play that he's done before. Shane McClellan has where they jump over the line on the field goal to disrupt it, obviously. So they did make a rule that outlaws you from getting a running start and jumping over, but he just straight up stood there and just, (laughs) he he box jumped him. He box jumped the offensive line. And I mean, that guy, that guy is ridiculous. Jamie Collins looks like literally 2015 Jamie Collins before he was quote off the reservation and freelancing Jamie Collins being back is just a huge plus for this team and JC Jackson having the game that he did that just huge because Gilmore didn't look all that great and you need guys to be able to step up like that and they clearly have the depth their depth is insane and their talent across the board like this this defense they're probably gonna have another two two games like this I feel like throughout the year that are kind of a slog. The offense, the offense can't get going. 
And so you have to kind of rely on your defense and special teams. So, what? Well, once they get to the Browns and then the Chiefs later in the year, we'll see what the defense is really made of. Right. I mean, these next three weeks, they've got Redskins, Giants, and Jets. Whoop-de-doo. Oh, yeah. Whoop-de-doo. Like, yes, they, they better hold them under 10 points if they really want to say say that they're a nasty defense. But their depth, they're rotating in Michael Bennett, Winovich, just everybody, every other player, they're rotating people in. They didn't even play Hightower this week, and he's been a right. beast the first three weeks. And then, yeah, you just see him why the Browns paid Collins all that money. I mean, he's an f- absolute athletic freak. And his second stint with the Pats is going to be way better than the first. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, Ryan, you were shaking your head at me. I, I think the offense is going to have what? Uh, no, we, that was for something completely, totally irrelevant to the conversation. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. So, bad radio. Bad anyways, radio, Dan. Anyways, well, you were looking right at me and you were shaking your head. I like, was not. okay. Anyways, so I think the offense will have another couple games where it's a slog. They're not really able to get things going, especially if they're facing a tough, legit defense like the Buffalo Bills defense. But yeah, I trust that defense. Maybe I'm trusting them a little bit too much, and they're going to have their woes. They're not going to be perfect all year long. Like, that's obvious. But through these games, the quarterbacks that the Patriots have gone up against, 79 of 152, no TDs, 10 picks, 41 quarterback rating. Those same QBs against the rest of the NFL this year, 146 for 240, 60% completion percentage, 5 TDs, 6 picks, 77 rating. So if you just compare what the other teams have done against those same quarterbacks, Patriots have been that much better still. Yeah, but even then, those numbers are the numbers against other non-packed teams. It's still mediocre at best. Oh, So they're just taking mediocre quarterbacks and exposing them for what they really are, which is what you want them to be doing at this stage of the season. Yeah. But we still have yet to face a legit quarterback. That's fair, too. And I'll say also that usually the first month of the season, they don't look like this. Even when they're going up against mediocre competition. 2014, uh, the year they beat the Seahawks, they with that stacked defense, they lost opening game, opening day, to the Miami Dolphins. So, yeah, it's still got to give them time. They still have to prove themselves against the legit competition. But for now, I just think they are probably the best defense in the NFL without question. Yeah, but, that's fair. You can probably put the if you wanted to keep the Bears up there. Yeah, I, I could not disagree with you. Uh, they've looked just as dominant, and that's how they're winning games over in Chicago. Because now that Trubisky wasn't looking good at all uh, through three games, now he's hurt. Chase Daniels played, and they just completely shut down the Minnesota Vikings offense, which Vikings. I'm gonna have to speak about more later on. The Vikings, man. Oof. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, Jonathan, you want to chime in here? Um, no, I'm good. We'll, we'll get to everything I need to say later in the show. Okay, well, your mic is going to go off then. Um, so, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I <don't. laughs> I'm a head out. Yeah, I'm a head out. I'm a cry. So, yeah, and on third down, too, the Patriots have just been ridiculous through the first four games again. The, their opponent's third down conversion rate is literally 13.5%. Like, that is disgusting. So... They really, they really just check all the boxes, and that's why, that's why they're so great. Yeah, will they be tested for the next three or four weeks? No. No, but their test will come. You'll get your, your Kansas City, your Dallas, your Philly, 
and they will get tested. And I, I think when those games do come, they they might need another weapon to step up. I don't know. It's got it, it can be in house. It ben can be Watson. through a trade. Are you talking I, offense or defense? Offense. I, I don't. I don't care who it is, but clearly, as you saw, they struggled against a legit defense this week. And if it weren't for them going up against Josh Allen and Matt Barkley, they could have lost that game very easily. And I don't know if you want to hold out hope that your defense will be able to hold the fort for 16 or 19 games, however many it be. I think a big thing is going to be getting Edelman healthy. Because he didn't look great, or at least health-wise. And then you're getting Ben Watson back this week, which two huge guys over the middle move the chains. And then once uh, Keneal Harry gets back from IR Yeah, I think weeks, he might be bigger. They might really need him now. I think yeah. they might. Yeah. I agree with that. Like, Especially thought, if Ben Watson doesn't have anything left in the tank. Right. Yeah, when they first signed AB, it was kind of like, well, who cares if Nikhil Harry plays? Like, he's kind of irrelevant. But now... He might be imperative to the offense just to get another body out there. You know, someone with the gifts of his of his ability. You know, he's a first-round pick for a reason. So he should just, just draw some coverage, you know, to get Gordon open or get Edelman more open or let the backs slip out. You know, just, just another body out there that can open up a lot for the offense. Right, because nobody's doubling Dorsett on the outside. No. But you get Nikhil Harry out there, big, huge dude. And he starts making some plays. They might start have to start doubling him. Opens right. up more holes for James White and all these other guys. And, you know, spread him out a little bit. Sony can finally get going. Maybe once the line gets a little bit healthier. Speaking of Dorsett, I, I really hope this doesn't become a trend where we're targeting him second most on the team each, each week. I would prefer that not to be the case, especially when James White is the one leading in targets. That's not great. I realize Edelman's probably dinged up. Gordon, who knows? I still don't understand what's going on, why he's not getting more more touches. I don't know. Maybe it's just because they felt that they force-fed Antonio that one week and they don't want to... Brady doesn't want to feel like he does the same thing to Josh Gordon. I don't know. And Brady did force-feed Gordon a little bit last year, too. There was one game, I think it was against the Titans. He he had, like, 12 targets, like, just way more than anybody else. And, yeah, I would be weary of trying to force-feed anybody, especially, like, Phil Dorsett. I mean, he's not... Yeah, if he's there, great. But if he's getting doubled or if he's got a legit guy on a man-to-man, like, there's no reason to, to force it to him. And especially, like, you don't want Brady walking in on anybody where we've seen in the past, like, he's done it to Gronk a little bit where he just he just forces it because he trusts the talent on, on the other side and he just feels like he can get away with it for whatever reason. But, yeah, I, I feel like if they don't make a trade... For a receiver, which I don't really know if they can afford a guy like Stephon Diggs cap wise, because they already they're that money with Antonio Brown is tied up, so they're gonna have to pay that. And I don't really know what their cap space situation is like if they'd have to cut anybody or get any cap relief elsewhere. I don't I think know if they would. I don't know the specific numbers, but I think they bottled up most of what was left. I think you could free up some money if you like. If you extended a guy like Van Noy, you might be able to free up a little bit of money. Yeah. But, yeah, if if they could make it work, if money's not a total factor, like if they could make a Stefan Diggs or Adam Thielen work... I don't think that's possible. They're getting paid $20 mil a year. That's just... Yeah. And that's long-term, too. That's three, four years that's of right. commitment. I well, don't yeah. think that's possible. I think the more reasonable would be an Emmanuel Sanders for, like, a second or third rounder. But do you really want to give up but that But Bill's kind of not going to do that. Yeah. No. And I would take Emmanuel Sanders any day of the week. 
you know, especially like a few years ago when he was more in his prime. But I, I think they can get by with this group, especially if Harry comes back and he can give you something. But like, I, I would just like Brady to look more at Myers and anyone else that can contribute because it seems like it's it's all the veterans out there. Did Jacoby even get a target this week? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think he did. So. That's 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 probably a game flow thing, but. That's not great either. I just felt like the target distribution this week was a little lack, and hopefully they can get that straightened out going forward. Did Brady worry worry you guys at all this week? Yes. No. A a little bit, but I need to see a repeat of this performance against another solid defense before I totally start to get worried. Do you mean, like, physically, like, getting over the cliff or just just uh, just losing a little bit of his touch? Yeah, I mean, he just... It just concerned me a little bit. I mean, I know Buffalo's defense is good, but he he was missing open receivers. There was one big third down to James White. He threw it like five feet over his head. Luckily, yeah. James White's a freak, and he made the catch anyways. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. He just seemed to be off. He did. His, his like, demeanor in general, and even after the game, his tone was just very down. And I know there's a lot of times, even if they win, he, he always talks about improving, but... His, his tone after the game was, was very low, not really enthusiastic about the win in general, but it's a great thing to be able to win in a different way and not have to put up 28, and you're not going to blow out everybody. But, yeah, he didn't throw any touchdowns. He had that interception as well. That was disgusting. That interception that was, was awful. That, that's what worried me. When I saw that, I don't know what he was looking at. I have no idea. I... We were all watching it, and he just, he, like, it, it's inexplicable, literally, that pass in the end zone. And it's so unlike Brady. You know, he's going to have his fair share of picks in general. Like, they, they happen. But in the end zone, I don't remember the last time he did that. It has to be at least several, several seasons ago. Like, so very unlike him. And, again. He threw a, uh, he threw a pick in the AFC Championship game in Kansas City on the goal line. Oh, that's right. I think you're right. But regardless. Right. I, I, still on Brady. He still played well in that game. He played well. Like, unlike this game, he didn't play well at all. Not at all. Yeah. So, and another reason I'm not totally worried about Brady yet is he does have, while he is a winner in Buffalo, he doesn't necessarily play well all the time in Buffalo. He's had some hiccups in Buffalo. So that's another reason where especially it being an in-division game on the road, you wonder if maybe that was a tiny bit of a reason why he wasn't on his sharpest because they have all that film on him and they've played him so many times and whatnot. But hopefully we don't see that again. Please, God, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah if, if he has another performance like that against the Redskins this week, yeah, then the cliff's coming. Then we take the, the lid off the panic button and we start thinking... We start thinking, holding that finger above the button, and like start smashed. We, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Redskins are the Redskins are awful. They are awful. You, I mean, they yeah, they really are. They honestly, that might when they play the Dolphins, yeah. that might be a pickup. Right, and that's, that's saying it's, it's the race for Tua. <laughs> the Redskins in <laughs> Miami. It's the race for well, Tua. Washington have- drafted a quarterback in the first round this year. But did you see how well he played? Yeah, he played awful. Yeah, you see how bad he looks? Yeah, but I also see how much better Tua looks. Okay, but in college, true. Haskins has literally only played twelve games in college before he came to the NFL. Right. So 
He should have gotten the Aaron Rodgers treatment. He should not have played a single snap this season. He shouldn't play this week either. He yeah. shouldn't have been put in At after all. halftime. Yeah. Like, I think... Idiotic. It's it's clear Washington is a, is a giant doo-doo show yeah. because... They just panicked. They're like, oh, no, Case Keenum's not doing well anymore. What do we do? Oh, Dwayne Haskins. Just do something. Jake Rudin's seat is burning. Oh, he's he's, 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 he's burnt toast. Uh, but <laughs> Their GM should be gone, too. They have nobody on that Yeah, team. the whole... the, the that, that owner. Yeah, Dan, Dan Snyder's the worst. Get out of here. you canceled. They That team needs a lot of help all over the place. And throwing Dwayne Haskins into the fire is not the solution. No. No, absolutely not. So, looking around the league in general, the Patriots, again, have that cream puff against the Redskins, but the week after that, you got the Giants, and they look semi-legit. I mean, they look da- better. Daniel Jones, uh, Danny Dimes, Jonathan was uh, was all over Danny Dimes last week. Yeah, didn't play as well uh, Sunday against Washington, but... Didn't have to, though. They got yeah. e- e- pretty yeah. easy W. Wayne Gallman was eaten. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> no, I picked up Danny Dimes in our fantasy league, too, and I started him again. Um, you know, not as thrilled with the performance. And we'll have fantasy favorites uh, later on in the show, too, who we like this week. That isn't, you know, a, a clear-cut, obvious pick, but we'll definitely have those. And we'll have Mortal Locks of the Week later on in the show. Zach will be debuting his Mortal Lock of the Week, and I, I'm pretty pumped. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's going to be awesome. Ryan's going to have his Mortal Lock of the Week. Can't yeah. wait to go 0-3. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I'm 0-2 as well. I, I forget off the top of my head what my pick was last week, but it wasn't good. I can tell you that. It was not good. Not at all. If it's anything like your pick then yeah. Yeah, well, my... We won't even go there. We won't even go there. I'm not... You know what? I'm going to take the L. I'm just going to take the L. Uh, so, overall, yeah, that game, I think we all thought it was going to be a, a closer game. It, they were going to get tested. They're on the road. Buffalo, 3-0, and feeling a little bit good about themselves. And, yeah, I was scared. I literally thought they were going to lose the game. Fourth quarter, I was like, they, there's no way. There's no way. Because they just kept shooting themselves in the foot and just being so unpatriot-like on the offensive side. There was times where they could have cut the clock down, too, and ran the ball more, and they decided to throw it for whatever reason. I know the running game wasn't working well, but you might as well eat the clock because no way the Bills are going to drive down and score and win the game with, like, a minute left. Like, you got to just at least wind the clock down more, and they, they didn't do it as much as they could. So I wasn't really a fan of that. I also wasn't a fan of uh, old man... Jenkins, a.k.a. Frank Gore, rushing for over 100. I know that's not a huge deal in the grand scheme of things, but it almost seemed like they were just happy to let him run at will, which is, if that was the game plan, it it worked out fine, so that's fine. But I would prefer that we not let up 100-yard rushers if we're going to be in close games like that. Yeah, and right. I don't think that happens if Hightower plays. Yeah, I was about to say it. that's probably also a product of Hightower not being in there, but yeah, I that that can't happen, especially a guy that's like ancient, like way too old to still to still be doing that. Hey, he still looked pretty quick. Yeah, I know. For an old yeah. man, he <laughs> I don't know a couple holes and just started taking off. But if 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 he can do that. What are some of the other guys that we're going to be going up against right. going to be capable of? And I say that doesn't happen if Hightower does, doesn't play, but 
what are the chances Hightower stays healthy for this whole season? I mean, this isn't a guy, you know, history tells us that he's, you know, he's going to get hurt. History tells, some games. history tells us he's a walking turtle on the field. Yeah. How about we hold him out and only play him in the games we really need him? Hmm. Does he have any uh, incentive-based uh, in his contract, like tackles or anything like that? That's something uh, yeah. you would have I, to I'm know. not too sure. I don't check. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they have him on a snap count for, like, even games that they want him involved in because he's Mr. February. I mean, he literally, even against, like, the Falcons in that Super Bowl, he was huge. He had that strip sack at the end, and you, you need him. You need him in the end. Can you get by against, like, the Bills, against the Redskins, against the Dolphins and whatever, the Bengals at the end of the season without him? Yeah, sure. But I just... I don't know. I, I like the way they're managing him. I just wonder if he's the kind of guy where it doesn't really matter what the snap count is. There's just the game itself is going to get him hurt. Um, all it takes is one of those kind of plays. But, yeah, no, I, I feel I feel very good. Again, I will reiterate this before we go on our first break. I love the defense. Gostowski needs to – he needs competition. But – I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to ride him out the whole season. They're not going to do a thing about it. Yeah, one last thing before we stop the Patriots talk. I do want to show uh, Jake Bailey. I mean, he's looked pretty good. good. He's looked pretty good. I'm not going to complain. He's tied for fourth in punts inside the 20 and tied for fifth in punts that have been fair caught. So he's got the hang time thing going, and he's pinning them deep. So when his number's been called, he's been playing well. So can't complain with the call to keep him over Ryan Allen. Still miss a lefty punter. <laughs> You're not wrong. Not wrong. Team lefties. <laughs> Any more uh, takes before we head into our first break? That's 4-0. I mean, they're always like 2-2 two and two or 1-3 and three at this time, so got nothing to complain about. Yeah, roll pads. Definitely should be 5-0 and oh after this week, I'll tell you that. Yeah, if they're not 5-0 and oh after this week. Fendi. Something's wrong. Right. Very, very wrong. Okay, we're going to take our first break. Uh, as always, if you want to request a song or if you want a take that we can uh, put on the air, because the phone patch is still not working up here, uh, you can call us at 508-531-1303. You're listening to the Balthanoff Sports Show on 91.5 WBIM, hosted by me, Dan Sadik, alongside Zach Lacey, Jonathan Sullivan, and Ryan Brown. We will be right back. All right, welcome back to the Balthanoff Sports Show on 91.5 WBIM. We're back, and we have two segments. One of them is our first time doing a fantasy favorites, and the first one is going to be one that has not bode well for me thus far in the first uh, several weeks here. It is Mortal Walk of the Week, and I have faith in my Mortal Walk this week, fellas. I don't know about you, but I have big-time faith in my Mortal Walk. But we're going to start with Zach, because Zach is going to get his Mortal Walk of the Weekend. He's debuting here. And let's see. Let's see. <laughs> Ryan's hoping his doesn't get taken. So I'm thinking I, I probably don't have Ryan's. But I'm uh, rooting for it, though. I'm rooting for it. This, you can, you bet the house on this. Oh, God. Bet the house. Bills plus three at Tennessee. Not mine. Lock it in. Not my lock either. of the week. I love this. Marcus lock. Mariota just never wins games he's supposed to win. Titans this year favored twice. Lost. <laughs> Underdogs twice. One, he is awful. Put the house on the bills. I love it, Zach. I love it so much, Jonathan. All right, Dan, you ready for this one? 
I'm quaking, but I'm ready. This is the lock of the century. Cleveland plus three and a half at San Francisco. Yes, he got money. Screw you! Put money on that right now. That is a mortal lock. Not only is Cleveland going to cover the spread, they're going to win outright. Take on the money line. They are going into San Francisco, and they are smacking around Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers this week. Wow, you're going to go to one and two. That's an, that, that's a great walk, Jonathan. I I couldn't be happier about these first two picks. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan is big mad. If you need a moment, Ryan, I, I can go. If, if you would like. Yes, you're nodding your head. Yes. So this one, this is literally going to hit. This is my walk of the week. I'm 0-2 so far, but we are feeling it. We're feeling it here. I love Jaguars plus 3.5 to cover the spread against the Panthers. Away on the road taking down Kyle Allen and run CMC. My boy Gardner Minshew. Nah, I'll tell you why, Zach. Jacksonville coming off a very impressive road victory against the Broncos. And I'll tell you this right now. Uh, Carolina, 3-9 and nine in the last 12 games overall and 0-5 oh and straight up in the last five games at home. I'm telling you, Fournette's going to go off. Gardner Minshew going to he's not going to make any mistakes. That's going to cost him. Jaguars plus three and a half on the road. Walk it up, baby. So since my pick was so rudely taken, <laughs> absolutely absurd. We all know that underdogs are performing very well this year. Right. They are 37, 25, and 1 against the spread so far. And they're doing that especially well on the road where they're 28, 13, and 1 on the road. So with that in mind, the L.A. Rams are on the road and they are underdogs at Seattle, and I'm going to take it straight up. Seattle is currently a one-point favorite. I hate that pick. I'm taking the Rams. Terrible pick. Everyone knows you're big Rams. Yeah, and everyone knows knows you guys are big Seahawks fans. (laughs) You're really taking the Rams? Did I stutter? No, you didn't. With their one point. (laughs) Not a lock. Absolutely hate that pick. Maybe you shouldn't take my pick, stupid. (laughs) You took mine. Nah. See, we all know the Seahawks are winning that division. So. No, shut your face. I'm just saying. Large Fendi. No. So You guys are the worst. I'm just saying. That's all I'm saying. That's another mortal walk. The Seahawks winning the NFC West. Fendi. Oh, my just God, yeah. Dishing out mortal walks right now. They're just spewing. Can't wait to take four for fours from all of you. Can't. Yeah. No. Oh, is there a four, four bet on the Seahawks or the Rams? There, there is. is. Oh, I'm, uh, can I get on that? Well, Wendy's. Yeah, give me three. I'll take <laughs> right. three. You're gonna no. What's pay- better than two four for boys? Three. You're going to pay four for $12, boys. sir. <laughs> no, I'm going to get $12. No, Rams got to play a number one schedule because they won the division. They already beat their Seattle Saints. doesn't have to do Dude, that. They just, got, they just gave up 55 points to, to the, the Bucks yeah. at yeah, home. Yeah, the Bucks. Yuck. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. All downhill. Jared Goff it. is awful. That is not true. He just threw 516 yards. You're wrong, he sir. He had four turnovers. Yeah. <laughs> so those are the mortal walks of the week. What we're also going to do, if Zach doesn't want to do it today, he can do it next week if he wants, but we all had our division winners picked. Oh, I got them ready if you want me to run and through Zach them has them ready. This is this is just a great debut. So, I mean, I mean AFC East, I had the Pats. So yep. Easy. That's no a brainer. surprise. Yeah. AFC North, I had the Browns. Bought it in the preseason hype. You know, they hey, still got a chance. I'm They're tied for it. the division. Yeah, right? you know, we still got a chance. AFC South, they got the Texans. Uh, the West, we got the Chiefs. And my two wildcard teams are the Ravens and the Chargers. 
NFC, we the East, you got the Cowboys. Uh, the North is the Bears. South, Saints. And the West, Seahawks, baby. Yeah. Let's go. And my two wild card tees are the Rams and the Eagles. Okay. I like that. I like that. I love the Seahawks pick. I, I hate all of you. So Team much. Seahawks, baby. <laughs> Team Seahawks. Hawks, Hawks, Hawks. Hawks, Hawks, Hawks. That's yep. not the Hawks you're talking about. We it all know it. It ain't, but you know. we got love for all Hawks. You know. So, moving on, unless anybody has a last-minute walk they want to throw in there, uh, we are going to move on to our next segment, Fantasy Favorites. And, you know, if you have two, three, four guys, you can give all of them. If you just have one, that's fine, too. But... I'm looking for like I'm looking for like this guy's definitely going off or he's definitely gonna have a nice good solid game. You can guarantee a nice start there. How about your fantasy team? That's what we're trying to do here. So uh, does anybody wanna go first here? Jonathan Jonathan? Yeah, you? Oh yeah, sure. I'll yeah. go first. Okay. Um so my first lock <clears throat> fantasy wise, I got DeAndre Hopkins at home against the Falcons this week. I'm not just saying this because I own him in fantasy. He's no, I little, think you're saying because you own him. Little, and he's been a little disappointing. <laughs> you really thought about that one. Weeks. And, uh, you know, I just think he's going to eat. I mean, Atlanta's not that good. Um, bad secondary. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, he left their game against Atlanta um, in the first half a couple weeks ago. But at the half, he had eight catches for 65 yards and touchdown. So he would have had a monstrous day. So, I mean, Atlanta, they just don't really have anything in the secondary. I think this game might be a little bit on the higher scoring, you know, 35, 28, somewhere around there. So I think Hopkins is finally going to get back on track. I got, you know, 10 catches, 100-plus, touchdown, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. You are begging. How did you you are begging. There at the end? You are begging. Uh, but I'll stay in the same game as you, and I'll flip to the other side. Uh, Mohamed Sanu, I actually yeah. really like him as a a worthy waiver wire ad and usable wide receiver three flex guy. Uh, he's had at least six plus targets in every game. He's coming off a nine catch, 97 yard game. And the Texans D has been struggling to contain wide receivers. They've allowed 30 plus receptions and almost 400 yards to wide receivers over the past two weeks. Yuck. That, that just screams. He should have a very nice day. He's had 10-plus points in PPR three out of the four weeks of this year. <coughs> I think he's a very solid lock for a, a good day, fantasy-wise, under the radar. Who's your guy, Z? Um, got a couple here. We got Cole Beasley. I know you're going to love that one. Let's go. On I love team. that pick. He's got double-digit points in his last three games, and especially if Matt Barkley starts, and Josh Allen just chucks it deep and throws picks all the time. you got Barkley dinking, dunking over the middle. Cole Beasley should have a really good day, available in 80% leagues. And then uh, Geronimo Allison. I mean, if Devontae Adams doesn't play, Rodgers got to throw the ball to somebody. And uh, it's worth a pickup. He had a touchdown last week. So I think he's a good flex start. Okay, okay. I I like all these so far. I, I, besides DeAndre Hopkins, I yeah, like all these. Like, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> wow. What a cop-out. Really stretched Just for that one. Just picked one of the best wide receivers in the league. Cool, right. dude. So this I one... This one going to sound like a homer pick, but I have my logic behind it. Sony Michelle Yuck. is going to go off against the Redskins. He, he, one, he's due. Two, the Washington Redskins are terrible. And so far this season, they are 29th in the league in uh, rushing yards from the opponent. They've literally, they literally average 147.5, giving up that much per game. I could see the Redskins just, just 
doors open for Sony Michelle, especially if it, if it's a blowout too, because they haven't been running Damian Harris. He's been inactive or a healthy scratch DNP every single week. Sony Michelle, I think they're going to try to get right there before they get their big dangerous stretch. He needs to be at least effective. He needs to be producing. He can't be having these dud games almost on a weekly basis. So uh, look for Sony Michelle to have a big week against that god awful Redskins run D. Another guy that I like going in this week is Sterling Shepard. He he and Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, as you refer to him as, Dimes. seem to have a very good connection. Seven catches over the last two weeks. He's gone for 146 yards over the past two weeks and a touchdown. It seems like with Eli out of the picture, he's he's got a thing with going. He's got some chemistry there. And Minnesota hasn't been very good at containing wide receivers. They're below average so far through a quarter of the season. So I like that to, that trend to continue. Only thing I will say about Sterling Shepard is they got Golden Tate coming back. That from suspension this week, so but I, could I be was, stealing some targets. It's true. That's possible. But how much has he practiced with them? I mean, he was there in the preseason, but... But what, who was thrown to him in the preseason? Eli Manning. I mean, both of them. So I don't think he's yeah. going to have much of a rapport with him. I also think that they could ease him back in. So I think Sterling Shepard is, is definitely locked for a wide receiver two output. Yeah, I got uh, one more. Uh, this is also more of a bigger name. I guess I missed the memo that we're supposed to do under the radar, guys. But worst running back in the league, David Johnson at Cincinnati this week. I love the David Johnson play. I think he's going to have a huge day. I watched Cincinnati get absolutely torched last night by James Conner and that scrub, Jalen Samuels, not only running the ball, but out of the backfield, catching the ball. And, you know, David Johnson, this guy's no scrub. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's not a one-dimensional runner. So I'm looking a big day for him, especially in PPR leagues. Hell, Jalen Samuels was 3-for-3 throwing the ball in that game. So running backs were just doing whatever they wanted in that game. And I would say David Johnson's probably got more talent than James Conner and uh, Jalen Samuels. That's probably a, a guarantee. I'll also say if you're looking for a tight end, uh, Dawson Knox is a good pickup. He's only owned in 3% of uh, all fantasy leagues, and uh, he's been on the upward trend. Uh, he didn't have a – he had 8.8 against the Pats, but, again, that's a legit Pats defense with a, a passing offense from the Bills that is not so great with Josh Allen in there, very inconsistent. So he's literally not owned in, like, any leagues at all, so very available. Make sure you scoop him up. And the week before, 16.6, 3 for 67 and a touchdown. He's like their best red zone option uh, on the Bills. So Dawson Knox would be a nice pickup for sure. Hate to one-up you here, but somebody, the tight end, owned in just 2% of leagues. Oh, you stink. Ben Watson. We talked about him a little earlier, but no, Brady's getting a new weapon. He did it with AB, and he just force-fed him. In a game that they're going to score a lot of points, I could see Ben Watson with a couple touchdowns. You just had to. You just had. To I had to do it. You're yeah. right. You're right. I had to do it. I had to do it. Yeah. Jonathan, were you about to say something? I just smell cap on that. Yeah. Uh, on which part? Ben Watson and a couple touchdowns. Hmm. Wow, Jonathan's out on Ben Watson. <laughs> you know Brady loves his tight end, so. And he's going to feel a little nostalgic seeing uh, 84 back out there. You know. Maybe. Nah, I think so. <laughs> I definitely think so. Yeah, hundred percent. Like he's gonna his first game back, but you can pencil in Ben Watson for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. They're gonna pull Absolutely. the Jason Witten that that Dallas did. That's a take. They're like 
I guarantee you. Mortal lock. M- M- mortal lock. Put it on the board. P- put it right on the board. It's on the board. You can't take it off now. Go take that bet, Jonathan. Bet him. <laughs> side bet. Do it. Well, yeah, side four action. for four side bet. You want it? Yeah. Ben Watson touchdown. Yep. Let's go! Yeah, Ben Watson, you can pencil him in. Don't pencil him in. You can take ink, permanent ink, write it in. Ben Watson for at least one touchdown. All right, let's go. All right. (laughs) Sounds good to me. That's free food. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Easy clap. Clap. So, does anybody else have any guys in fantasy that are, you know, you got to pick up or they're just... I mean, the one obvious thing I want to say here, if you're a guy that has Pat's D in any of your leagues, just kudos, all the power to you. That's literally just 20 points, like, on any given week. Uh, I'd like to put out a question to everyone here. Uh, if you were an Austin Eckler owner, <laughs> would you be trying to trade him for as much, get as much value out of him now, or would you hold on to him knowing that he's got a pretty decent floor as a backup running back, like flex value? as a backup and hold, hope that Gordon either gets hurt or is just completely ineffective and Eckler remains valuable as a RB1 or 2. Uh, as an Austin Eckler owner in another league, I would say unless you can get at least a guaranteed floor of a running back 2, I would hold on to him. Yeah, me too. I, me, yeah. But, huh? Okay, sorry, Zach, but... I was going to say, even last year when Melvin Gordon played the whole year, Eckler, when he did run, when he was used, averaged over six yards per carry, still very effective. It's not like being in that backup slot is going to ruin his rhythm or what he can do on the field. So I think that's like a nice plus. And just the way he's looked so far, if I'm San Diego, I'm just going to have a two-headed monster, Gordon and Eckler, and I'm I'm gonna try to split it, or probably give Gordon obviously the bulk of of the load, but I still want to get Eckler involved in the passing game as a hybrid back if I can in any shape or form because he is talented, he he is good, and obviously Gordon outweighs him. But if you're a Chargers team right now, you need wins, you need wins right now uh, at all costs. So all hands on deck in my mind, keep them. Yeah, and I put a stipulation on my thing. Um, if it's in a standard league. I would try to move him. Um, PPR league definitely hold on to him because he's. I think he's going to be a threat out of the backfield. I think Gordon's going to Gordon's going to command the goal line carries um, mm-hmm. going forward. But Eckler can easily, you know, dump off a screen and take it, you know, fifty yards to the house. Yep. We saw we saw that week one. You know that can always happen, especially in a PPR league. I think he's still going to get you know four, five, six catches a game. So PPR league, I'd definitely hold on unless you can get at least an RB two standard. If you can get him for, if you can move him for like a solid flex, I think you should do that. I think you try to hold at least, or hope this week that Melvin Gordon plays, doesn't play as well as normal, and Eckler still puts up a big day, and then you try and move him because he's not, he he's good, he's gonna be good for that six to twelve points once Melvin Gordon's really going, but. If you can get a big week from him this week when Melvin Gordon is playing and somebody's like, ooh, I can Austin Eckler, yeah. and you can steal a high-end RB2, I'd definitely do that. Yeah, if you have someone that you know in your league that you can you know, try and swindle something like that for. Do it. <laughs> I would do it. For sure, yeah. But I also, as an Austin Eckler owner in our league, 
I am. I was thinking about you know trying to see what his value would be to other people in the league, but the more I thought of it, the more I thought it's worth holding on to him and seeing what his value is with Melvin Gordon still in the mix. It will in the mix because as, even as a flex, uh, with as a backup, he'll still probably get five carries for thirty yards maybe three or four catches for 30 yards. So that's still in a PPR league. That's solid flex value. If he can add a touchdown on a catch like Jonathan was saying, that's solid RB2 value out there. So given that being sort of the worst case scenario, barring injury, I I think it's worth holding on. Especially where we're in a 12-team league. Yeah. uh, The pickings are pretty slim. I think that he's still going to deliver solid flex value over a lot of the other people you got out there. I agree. So, All right. uh, Unless you guys got anything else, we can look ahead to week five. Games that overall, like for me, I was saying this a little bit last week. I'm rooting for the product. Like when I see guys like Daniel Jones do well, I see Gardner Minshew do well in Jacksonville, and Mason Rudolph at least – you know, at least getting a win, like, yeah, he's probably not going to be the answer, you know, if Big Ben is all done. But I look at guys around the league like that, and I'm rooting for the quarterback position because I hate – there's nothing worse than flipping on a game where you got, say, no Drew Brees, but you got Teddy Bridgewater, but say say you didn't have him in there, and you got guys like Mitch Trubisky going down, Cam Newton's down. So you root for guys like Kyle uh, Allen – Gardner Minshew, because I absolutely, like, the one thing that this league cannot have is just a lack of quarterback play. And year after year, it seems like, I don't know, every time I look around, I see at least a few teams that their guy goes down and they don't have anybody competent to actually fill in that role this year. It seems like there are some backups that actually could be something in this league. And, like, the Colts. Andrew Luck retires, and the Colts become a pretty good story because... They win their first few games. Yeah, they, they dropped one uh, this past week, but they look like they're actually going to be a de- pretty decent team, and they could contend for that division and going forward. I mean, the Texans, we all were saying, like, on our uh, pre-show when we were picking the divisions, oh, if you're the Texans, if you don't win this division, you know, like, what is wrong with you? And there's a very good chance that they won't win it. I think that still applies. I, I don't I, – yeah, Jacoby Brissett has been a top 10 quarterback in fantasy, so he's QB1 status as of right now. But I still think that if the Texans don't, if if the Colts or Jacksonville somehow wins the division, if it's not the Texans, oof, that's a bad look on the on the Texans. See you, Bill O'Brien. Yeah, I, I don't see how you can move forward with Bill O'Brien as your head coach, considering all the, the moves that they've made to acquire talent, to convert to cash in on the fact that Andrew Luck retired. If you still can't with all the guys you brought in, Laramie Tunsil, Kenny Stills, Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson, all the weapons you brought in on offense, all the receivers you've drafted or traded for, and you still can't win the division with all those skill position players, that's just inexcusable to me. It would be classic Texans, though. (laughs) It would be. be. Classic Bill O'Brien. Classic Bill O'Brien. Still, like, they just... He's like... He's like the Texans version of Marvin Lewis. Like, yeah, just be be good enough to make it to the playoffs. You can have some down years. Don't worry about winning a playoff game. I mean, what, 
why do we need to do that? I mean, we're just the Houston Texans. Just roll it back. But, again, like this year, they don't do it. He's probably gone. Especially, like, no GM. They could really just reset the whole thing and try to bring in, like, Nick Casario. Like, but, again, I think they've hurt their chances at getting a guy like Casario after giving up multiple first-round picks. You know, you're, you're going to make that kind of a deal. Yeah, you're bringing in a good talent, but really, you're, you're messing with the draft capital for a guy that allegedly is going to fill that spot. You're basically spending his assets before he's able to even have a say. So I would be weary, but, yeah, if they don't, if they don't do anything, if they don't actually contend, new GM, new head coach for that team. 100%. But other games that I really like this week, again, Ryan, uh, your, your lock. I love the Rams and Seahawks on Thursday night. Like, that's going to be awesome. We get a really good... Legit- Finally get a good Thursday night game. Especially with all the, the... And we've talked about this before on the show. All the terrible Monday night games that are on the slate for the rest of the year. It, it's really just, you know, we'll take anything we can get in prime time at this rate. So, again, I love the Seahawks in that game. Ryan lo- loves the Rams on the spread, but I love the Seahawks straight up in that game. I mean, I I think, like, if they're going to win that West division, this is a game, like, that that I need them to win, you know, if I want that pick to come to fruition. Especially it being at home for them. Yes. You don't want to lose the first matchup at home if you have aspirations to win the division. Yeah, absolutely. And then, so, the Vikings and Giants, again... When the Giants come in for week six, I think they beat that Vikings team, that terrible offense, Daniel Jones notching another W, and Giants coming in with a little bit of momentum makes that game against the Patriots that much better and hopefully more competitive. So I like that. I hate the Vikings offense. I don't know what what has happened. They were 13th in passing yards per game in the NFL last season. Kirk Cousins looked competent at the very least being able to dish it around to Thielen and Diggs and whatnot. And this year, they are second to last, 31st in the league. They barely get over 150 yards a game passing. It, I, I just, it's the same group. You have Dalvin Cook, who they're, for, they're feeding. They are feeding him. They're like top five in rushing. So maybe that, that's a huge factor in it. But if they're not able to pass, then they're screwed whenever they get down early. Yeah, and they're sure. not going to be able to come from behind. And we've already seen that multiple times. They One of their wins, they just obliter- jumped all over the Falcons week one. And they just handed the ball off and just iced the game pretty much. But if they don't do that, it doesn't look like they're capable of winning football games. Right, and they keep feeding a runner who's everyone knows his day is coming. Yes. Dalvin Cook's day is coming. Yeah, he had a neat... He had a knee injury in college. He blew his ACL out last year. He had if a they, hamstring his first year in the league, yep, I believe. It's, it seems like it, they better start feeding uh, Madison. Madison, Madison. Madison. Alexander Madison. His day's coming. Because if they keep abusing him, they're going to be out there start running back too, and then they're not going to be able to run the ball the same way, and then they're screwed, screwed. Look, yeah. if Kirk Cousins can't move the ball with Dalvin Cook, Thielen, Diggs, Rudolph. I, what is this guy doing? It's crazy. Yeah, he's getting paid like the almost the most money in the league. And it's all guaranteed. Yeah, all guaranteed. And it's just, it's just disgusting that he yeah. can't move the ball with those guys. And he didn't even have like that bad of a season last year. I believe no. he threw for forty two hundred yards and thirty touchdowns. Right. Like, that's, yeah. That's solid. He yeah. was above yeah. average. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, I don't know what happened. I, everything I read is, I guess he has zero confidence. I mean, I watched a little bit of that Bears-Viking games over the weekend, and they had a play in the fourth quarter where he threw a, a, a corner ball to Thielen in the end zone, and Thielen had burned the corner on a double move, and Cousins literally threw it out of bounds. And Thielen essentially Disgusting. calling out the offense yeah. right after that game. Well, yeah, well, when you like, get three receptions for like 16 yards and your team gets just handled offensively, stuff like that starts to happen, especially when you're not performing to what you believe is your team standard. It's a shame, too, because that defense deserves a competent offense. Because, yeah, they're, they're, not like, they're not having a year like the Patriots, but that Vikings defense was key to when they had the run in 2017, ultimately losing to the Phillies, but the the whole miracle against the Saints and everything, that whole game, I mean, really, I, I think that defense needs, like, if they just had a competent offense, they would be a playoff contender easily. Yeah. And with the, it's not just Kirk Cousins they're dishing out money to. They're paying Thielen and Diggs 20-plus a year as well. So right, but to, they're legit. Yeah, but to not get them more involved in the passing game, to not be... If you want to be run first, that's fine. But if you're not getting digs and, and feeling consistent targets, consistent looks each, you know, on a week-to-week basis, what are you doing? Right. If you tell me that you know this week Thielen only has four targets and the next week Diggs has you know three targets, but overall you know they have weeks where they're getting ten, you know, twelve targets. That's that's fine if they have one down week. But it's the fact that they're not getting targets at all. I think Stephon Dix had six or five receptions through three weeks. I mean, that's ridiculous. He should be having six receptions a game. Yeah. For him to just have his first, like, like decent passable game this week, right. that's bad. And it seems that they can't both be – seems like this year they can't both be going off at the same time so far. Right. And that doesn't make sense because – they were able They've to, do, been it able last to year. do it in the past. Yeah. yeah, they could do it with Case Keenum too. Two years yeah. ago. So yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I do not know what it is. Yeah, that's a bad omen for them if going forward. It, it it also like Kirk Cousins when he was still with the Redskins that last year, he like that's what earned him that high payday. He was very good. He, I believe that was his career high in passing yards and TDs, like everything. So if he was even like seventy percent of that, they would be. Like a contender, NFC Championship, possibly the Super Bowl, but it's a real shame. It, it really is because I, I have no idea what happened to to Cousins. Like the you like that, you like that. That guy's gone, completely right. gone. Well, I think you're you're diminishing the the coaching that he had in Washington. As bad as Washington's coaching is now, Cousins when he was in Washington, at one point he was working with Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan, who are two of the best offensive minds in the league. Absolutely. I know he still did work, even without those guys, and he did work last year, too. But you can't diminish the, the game plans that Cousins had. But what doesn't make sense to me is that, you know what, yeah, maybe his coaching was better in Washington. He put up crazy numbers. But he still put up good numbers last year. I, I still don't know right. what happened. But like, in, what is wrong? Is he hurt? Like, what's wrong with him? He has to be. I mean, you mentioned the corner route that he completely missed Thielen on. That's not coaching. That's just not being accurate. That's right. execution. That's a lack of execution. Yeah, so I mean, like, he's got to be hurt or dealing with something. Right. Because I, mean, I think it's between, I I think it's between the ears. It, something. Something went wrong with him sometime last year or in the offseason. I don't know. Because 
it's bad to the point where both of your star receivers are calling are essentially calling you out, and that's never good. Yeah, are they going to get traded? Probably not, but you got to make it work. You have more than enough weapons on offense. So, again, that Vikings team is a total head-scratcher. I have them winning that division, unfortunately, in our uh, little pool. So, tough, tough L I'm probably going to take on that one. So, moving on to another uh, couple great games, Packers and Cowboys. That one's going to be really good. Dallas, hopefully... They can bounce back after that, like, somehow, somehow losing to Teddy Bridgewater and the Saints. No idea how, nah, how you would No, somehow. Out. Teddy Bridgewater is good. <laughs> Saints <laughs> are going to the Super Bowl. With that defense? Yeah, yes. they are, Z. They are. Saints are, going to, the Saints are yep. going to the Super Bowl. I like my Saints Patriots. Me too. Super Bowl I pick. would like that too. We've been, we've been picking that for the last, like, six years. I think. Oh, well. three out of four have that. Let's <laughs> yo, go. See, yo, don't sleep on the Seahawks, though. Right? Oh, don't true. sleep on no, the Seahawks. No, no, true. Oh, Seahawks make the playoffs. Saints are getting number one seed, though. I'm telling you, that's going to be a grind. Seahawks or Seahawks or New Orleans. Oh. New Orleans going to get home field in the playoffs. Right, they, they're not going to lose in the dome. No, two years in a row. Bree's going to come back, and then boom, smooth sailing, baby. Yeah, but the way that New Orleans defense is playing, they completely shut down the Cowboys. Crazy. I wonder if the Cowboys Packers game is going to be low scoring because the Packers defense is also much improved. Although yeah, they did get torched by the I mean, they did get exposed Thursday. last Thursday, yeah. but again, you were going up against good offense in the Eagles. Mm-hmm. So, I think they're good, but maybe not quite as good as they showed in the first uh, three weeks. But yeah, that I game think that was more on the Bears the first week that they just their offense just isn't as good as everybody thought it was. More than the Packers defense being elite, and Rodgers looked terrible in that game too, yeah. that Bears game. But nonetheless, yeah, Packers and Cowboys, good. Good overall, like healthy teams. Too bad Devontae Adams isn't playing. Yeah, beside Devontae uh, Adams. So, yeah, again, low scoring. Green Bay is going to struggle. They're going to be force feeding to uh, my boy Jimmy Graham. So, nah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, stay away from Jimmy Graham at Fantasy Owners. Do we think that uh, Jameis Winston can repeat his good, if not great, performance against the Rams this past week? Uh, against he, the Saints defense? He's playing against the... I mean, New Orleans in defense for forever now, it seems like they're antonyms of each other. <laughs> but it, it seems like that now New Orleans has a legit defense. I mean, their defense was pretty legit last year too. But the Bucks, I don't know. They they have legit... I mean, their weapons are good. Like, Mike Evans is a really good... Chris Godwin's a stud. I mean, O.J. Howard's no slouch. O.J. Howard's trash. I mean... Yeah, they're tight ends. O.J. Howard I'm telling you, has all the talent in the world, right, right. and he has just been god-awful. Even came, they put up 55 points. Right, he had like three he, catches. It's like three for 36. Yeah. Yikes. But Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, Oh, Chris Godwin. those two are, are nasty. Yeah. So, I mean, do I think Jameis Winston, uh, you know, you could tell me he throws for 150 yards and four picks. I wouldn't be surprised. Or you could tell me he throws for 350 and four touchdowns, and I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, he's so, all or nothing. He's so wild. hit or miss. Yeah. I think he's, this week, I think he's somewhere in between. I put him at like, you know, 250, two touchdowns. He's two all picks. or nothing. <laughs> yeah, here you yeah, are. Yeah, I still think he's in between. <laughs> in between. Yeah, this week he's in between, though. This kid just wants to cover yeah, all of his out. bases. So he has, he has all three boom, bust, and middle. We, we saw it just this year. I mean, he was incredible. You know, last week against the Rams yep. and against the Giants, he was like, just 
not good. And against the 49ers, he was, he awful. was awful. Week yeah. one, he was horrific. He hasn't had a meh game yet. Right. Yeah, he's had two Because those awful, don't, two he doesn't really know good. what those are. Well, he's going to have a <laughs> meh game this week. Jeez. A lot of averages. <laughs> no. Just Chris not. Godwin, though. I mean, I was telling you, you're like, who are you on? Chris Godwin. All year, this guy is a stud. No, I was I was big on him, too, coming into this year. Oh he my ate God. the Rams. Absolutely he's going to keep eating them. all year. He's going to be yeah. a top 10 fantasy wide receiver <laughs> the rest of the year. Last year, it was just he so wasn't getting good. snaps. Right. He was only getting 57% of the snaps. Now that he's actually getting opportunities consistently, look what he's doing. Eating. Right. And eating. I'd rather have Mike Evans out there. That way, the number one cornerback is on him, and then Chris yep. Godwin right. eats. Right. Exactly. How do we feel about the 49ers, boys? Are pretenders. they frauds? Pretenders. Pretenders. Yeah. Zach, love them. Ooh. Can I get a reasoning? Jimmy G. Jimmy G is a great quarterback. Yuck. Ah. Uh, Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Great quarterback. Jimmy G. This is dude, a great quarterback for throwing a pick six. This dude just wins football games. <laughs> okay. But their and their defense has been solid. But. He, he doesn't look like he's capable of winning games. It's like he has to just game manage. Yeah. He's 3-0. and Yeah. You think he can come back from a 14-point deficit? Uh, he doesn't really need to right oh. now the defense. So what happens when the defense start, finally shows cracks? You think he can bail him out? Because I don't think he can. Probably not, but he's going to get him to the playoffs. <laughs> not in that uh, division. Not yeah, in that division. He's going to get him to the playoffs. Not in that division. I mean, yeah, yeah. They, they I, I smell a side bat. Right they on. haven't really played... <sighs> Mm. Well, it's like, well, Dan and I got one. I think Ryan and Zach got to get one. Ah, I'm in. Bring it on. Four for four. Done. Put it on the board. On Let's the board. Let's go. That's uh, that's the easiest the steal. easiest playoff. See, ever. Oh, my God. And again, yeah. like, hey, they're coming off a bye week. They're going to be fresh. Yeah. Already 3-0. They only got to get six more wins in the playoffs. And they I haven't really played the anyone. NFC, but I don't know. Done. I think you need 10 in the NFC. There's too many good, not great teams. They're all going to be scattered. It's fine. They can get it. Done. Get my, right. my food. All right. Awesome. So I'm going to get a four for four. My Venmo is brownie one four two four. I'm going to get two Zach's four for get four a, a four for Seahawks. four. <laughs> Beat the Rams. Yeah, I'm going to get two four fours. You one know? from Dan, one from Nah. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to get all these four for fours. I can get four out of these. Four <laughs> four for fours. Nope. Nope. Not happening. Yeah. I. Uh, for me, I'd say I'm kind of out on Jimmy G, but I like them this week. Um, you know, yeah, am I back in on the Browns? I am, but I still don't trust them. I don't trust them. Nah, so that's Browns plus three and a, three don't, and a half. Mortal don't lock. trust them at all. Jonathan picking a mortal lock. That means you bet right. the house that on the other side. Yep. You go yep. exactly against me. Exactly the other side. That's that's exactly what you're going to do and pick them. Say one thing on the radio. Do another thing on your spreadsheet. <laughs> you're right, right? I did. We I did the first mortal lock. Such a joke. So yeah. we also have Chiefs and Colts which I think has the potential to be a great Sunday night game. It, as long as the Colts have an offense, if their offense decides to show up, Jonathan hates the Colts apparently in this game, so that's fine. But honestly, if Marlon Max hurt, I don't like I that. I think it's going to be a blowout. I mean, Kansas City is right now 11-point favorites. I think they're going to cover. I mean, I think it's going to be three touchdowns. Yeah I, yeah, I think they win by at least three touchdowns. It's not even going to be close. I don't think the oh, Colts geez, are that good. Three they, the Colts... I mean, I they, they beat an Atlanta team that's terrible. They beat a Tennessee team that's terrible. They just lost at home to Oakland, who's terrible. 
I mean, I just think they're mediocre, and I think Kansas City is really good. So that's fair. I mean, a tough, real tough place to play. It's true. It's true. And I mean, Detroit. Granted, they have more talent offensively than the Colts do. I think, and just in general, like top to bottom, they're a more talented team. But they still put up a very good fight against the Chiefs. So I, I just don't think the Chiefs are ironclad. But yeah. They'll probably end up winning that game handedly, I mean, but... I think they're about as ironclad as you can get without your name being the New England Patriots. Probably, yeah. They're obviously 1-2 and two right with the Pats, but I still... I don't think they're immune to having a sort of trap game or a game that could sneak up on them here or there. So, And the Colts, you know, probably, probably not going to put up much points, but... You know, I a problem because the Chiefs score 30 again. Yeah, That's I mean, true. I can still see the Colts putting up 28 points. I just feel like they're going to give up 45 points. Yeah. Absolutely. Fair enough. Fair enough, fair enough. So, again, yeah, we we also have the Bucks Saints. We all we already talked about that a little bit. Falcons and Texans. You know, again, this is a game that should be a gimme for the Texans. Home against the Falcons that just honestly I don't know what happened to Matt Ryan. Uh, Devontae Freeman, not sure what's going on there. So Matt Ryan threw for 400. It's just I completely don't know how irrelevant. I don't know yeah, how but, he does it. Yeah, he, but, always, he, does, he does it every year. He's always the top five fantasy quarterback. He throws for like a billion yards, and he just loses football. Yeah, I don't, he's, he, a, he's so prone to – he just throws like red zone picks or fumbles yes. every yeah. week. He can throw like, all the yards he, drives, he wants. He drives – 99 yards and can't get that yeah. last one. They went 0 for 3 on fourth down conversions. Right. Because I think all he had, I think he might have had one fumble lost, but he didn't throw any picks. I, I don't think he threw for any touchdowns either. He no. might have thrown for one, but he, him and Mahomes had similar stat lines. It's just Mahomes found a way to win and Matt Ryan couldn't. Right. And Mahomes put up, still put up 34 points and somehow Matt Ryan only put up 10. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how you, I don't know how you threw for throw for four hundred and score ten points. That's just that's absurd. Yeah, I mean, I just don't. I, I feel like Matt Ryan. Yeah, he can throw all the yards he wants. They're one and three. Doesn't look like he's going to figure it out against a division that two of the starting quarterbacks went down. Like, this is a prime opportunity for you to kind of show yourself. Oh, I'm back. Matty Ice is back. I can at least get my team to contend for a playoff spot. No. No, ever since that Super Bowl 51, just a puddle, an absolute puddle. In terms of winning football games, yes. Well, yeah, I mean, again, you can throw all the yards you want, Mm -hmm. but if you're not winning games, I'm not going to give you credit. Sure. No way. Look, Deshaun Watson looked terrible last week, too, though. So this could be a toilet bowl. Hopefully it's not. Hopefully there's a lot of great players on both sides in terms of fantasy assets. So hopefully... Yeah, especially for someone like Jonathan. He's hoping, praying <laughs> for one of those 42-39 game kind of games where everyone's getting getting a touchdown, everyone's eating. All dogs must eat. But uh yeah, I the mean, way they the Deshaun in the Texans offense looked last week and the way that the Falcons are able to not convert into the end zone on like all of their possessions just seems on the surface it screams like a low-scoring game, but wouldn't be shocked if it got up there into the 30s. I don't know. I mean, the Falcons' D consistently is what up over 20 points per game this season, and the Vikings, that Vikings team put up 28 in the first game of the season on the Falcons, and the Titans putting up 24 spot on them uh, on Sunday. I just, man, 
it's really tough too when your defense just can't get stops when you can't stop the team from scoring so but if the other team is helping you out by not converting themselves then who knows true very true so any other games that stick out for you guys like Ravens or like Ravens Steelers I know no Big Ben but I mean overall well you haven't gotten to the best game of the weekend yet Oh, the best game of the weekend? Oh, Bears-Panthers? Bears-Raiders? No. You got the best running back in the league. Oh, cardinals Bengals, And <laughs> the GOAT quarterback going up against the Bungles. We could spend like three hours on this game. This is the toilet Tyler bowl. Murray finally going to get his first NFL win. I don't know. Whoa, a little side bet? Uh, oh, I don't know. I will up this one to a Chipotle burrito. Oh, he's, he's adding a couple bills to that one. Put it on the board. Put it on the board. Whoa. On the board. Yeah, it's going to be broke after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, this is pretty good. Somebody's <laughs> not working well with this. <laughs> this is burning somebody's pockets. Hey, man. You know, I would just have more things to root for uh, this Sunday. <laughs> oh, know? Kyler, baby. Um, yeah, thankfully I don't own like anybody on the Cardinals or the Bengals, so that's my only dog. I think the only guy I got is John Ross. Joe John Mixon. Ross is a beast. Oh, uh, yeah. Joe <laughs> Mixon in the first round. You know what else is tough? A.B. in the second round. Yeah. That, that is that is very tough. How about Andrew Luck in the fourth round? <laughs> yeah. Well, that was just dumb to begin Oof. with. Yeah. Yikes. Major <laughs> yikes. <laughs> Another toilet bowl, Bears and Raiders. I mean... Bears are 3-1. and one. Yeah, but the Bears... Aren't the Bronx? What are the Broncos? One and the three. Bears are the Raiders. Wait, are the Raiders two and two? I just that Bears offense, yuck. I think it might Major be a toilet bowl on the field. I mean, I could totally see the score. Yeah, that's one. Seventeen, what I'm thirteen, something gross. Except for Darren Waller's going to have ten for one fifty. Heck yeah, but boy! Just not going to be a great product. I think the Bears are going to be better with Chase Daniels than Mitch Trubisky. That's and that's not a hot take. No. I don't think that's a hot take. Chase Daniels is one of the GOAT backups. He's he's <laughs> solid as it comes to, like, veteran backup quarterbacks. Like, yeah. he, that and he's made a ton of money. Dude. doesn't ask yeah. for much. You're not asked to do much, if anything, other than just do the, the, the least amount of game managing possible and let your defense just dominate. And I think he's totally capable of doing And that. stud running back David Montgomery's going to eat. <laughs> that guy my has team. not been a stud at <laughs> all. He's looked so bad. <laughs> he's breaking out. Yeah. We also have Jets-Eagles. and That's should, a blowout. Yeah. Easy win here for the Eagles. Apparently Sam Darnold has an enlarged spleen now. <laughs> that happens when you get mono. But, like, I thought I heard that it's, like, Extra like, enlarged. Worse, yeah. It's like it's like worse than normal or something. Like, well, I they're mean, monitoring it because if if it's too enlarged and he gets hit in a certain way, then it could rupture, and then he's done for the season. Yeah. Yikes! I just man, that that Jets team, they think they they make a big splash with Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, imagine drafting Le'Veon out. Bell with the third or fourth overall pick. Fifth, actually. I still think it's a good pick. Thank you. Fifth. I was put in a pigeonhole, but we're not going to go there. Le'Veon Bell's due to have a few breakout games. But, not this week. But hmm. probably not this week. I mean, that's going to be, again, Eagles should win that game by, like, 35. Now nah, that's uh, You know, like, I'm exaggerating. But I'll they, take right. that <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, enough, enough, enough. So, they get the battle of the backups, too. Jaguars, Panthers, Kyle Allen, 
better than Cam Newton. Exactly. My, you got the battle of the better starters. The battle Jack's of, covering. The battle of the once backups. I won't be now, by your statement. Now future franchise quarterbacks, Gardner Minshew and Kyle Allen. Calling them both franchise quarterbacks. Gardner Minshew, franchise QB. I would say I'm more sold on Kyle Allen than I am on Gardner Minshew. No. I really like them both. I love Gardner Minshew. Just sounds like you a, might agree with that they could be some franchise quarterbacks. No, no, um, they're both game manager. I mean, I'd say Gardner Minshew. I, I like him more than Kyle Allen. I, I both, thank you. They're both I agree. like game manager ish guys that are just going to get you wins and sometimes and Gardner Minshew led a game winning drive, but he's got the. It. It factor. Yeah, he's, he's got you know, the, something he's so quick in the something pocket. Something special too. about him. Yeah, Kyle Allen's Kyle Chase Allen. Daniel, Case Keenum, Dan eh. Smith, now, BYU. Kyle Allen feels like the guy that you turn to while you're trying to figure out your quarterback situation for the future. Right. Whether it's Cam Newton or not, it just doesn't feel like a long term guy. That's just a, a short term placeholder. Right. But a Gardner, great, great guy to dump dump balls off to Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> You're not wrong, Zach. That's Definitely not wrong. So, yeah, uh, overall, that's pretty much the slate we have this week for week five. Got some some pretty solid games there. You know, Packers, Cowboys, get Rams, uh, Rams and uh, Seahawks on Thursday night. Seahawks going to clean up there. We all know that. And, Maybe. yeah, but you're also going to have some toilet bowl games, and that's just kind of the deal you know right I, you don't have this the sexiest of matchups this week but i think you're gonna have a lot of games that are close once a lot of one score games this week and that's all you can ask for right you just want a competitive product absolutely absolutely so we got one more break and one more segment coming up we're going to talk red sox offseason and mookie bets what's going on there what's going on with the gm spot we're going to talk all that we're going to play play like one song and we'll be right back with all that you're listening to the mouth and off sports show on wbim 91.5 fm we'll be right back yes there there is a there is a way um there is a way but uh, obviously it will be um it will be difficult uh given given the nature of of the agreements and the contracts that we have uh, in place so um look we're gonna we have a, a very um, uh, targeted and strategic plan that we're building right now. Um, some of the dates related to contract decisions come right after the World Series. So uh, we've had uh, some time uh, in September uh, to focus on the offseason, given uh, where we were in the standings. Um, so it'll be uh, it is going to be uh, a challenging offseason, uh, but we're we're ready to attack it head on and do everything we can to put a a competitive team out there all right so that was sam kennedy president and ceo of the boston red sox talking about the possibility of being able to retain both mookie betts and jd martinez this offseason so we have that for you right there he says it's going to be challenging and i agree obviously it's going to be challenging mookie betts is going to garner a high high dollar value on the AAV when, once he hits the market if he does hit the market that's that's like a pot like a for sure gonna happen he's gonna get top dollar pretty much more than likely unless he has a terrible season next year JD Martinez could opt out and then we have that whole deal he hits the market again what's his value at the Red Sox apparent, apparently want to get below 
the threshold. I believe they want to get down to like two hundred eight million, right around that area. Yeah, two. I think it's two hundred six. Two hundred six. Thank you, Z. And they have no GM right now. They have fired, obviously, Dave Dombrowski. He's out, and now they have to find someone to replace. Reportedly, they're looking outside of the organization. I believe Dan Shaughnessy earlier in the summer had said Eddie Romero would have been a possibility for that. Now it looks like they're actually looking outside of the organization. We had rumors of Theo Epstein possibly making that comeback. Uh, It was reported that he would welcome coming back at some point before his career is over. Just a matter of when that would be. It's been about eight years, seven to eight years since the whole 2011 debacle. I still think it's probably too early for him to come back, unfortunately. He's probably going to help the Cubs reset everything after firing Joe Madden. So I think that's where Theo stands. Now, all I'm going to say is I want whoever they get, I want them to be confident in how they're going to handle the Mookie Betts decision. I don't want John Henry to have the influence that he may have had you know, with other signings in the past, just in general. I want that Mookie Betts decision made by the GM, the president of baseball ops, whoever that may be, not the owners, the GM. So whatever that means, uh, just the dollar value that's going to have to be uh, given to Mookie. They've tried negotiating in the past. It hasn't worked. I just think he wants to hit the market no matter what. No matter what they try to do this offseason, my stance is that he's going to market no matter what. It's going to be either trade me or ride it out with me and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I would hate to see Mookie have to finish his career uh, somewhere else. Um, I mean, ideally for me, we JD opts out and we let him walk and then you can sign Mookie to a big contract. Yep. But if you don't get that done this offseason, you got to look to move him. You can't just get a compensatory pick for him. He's too good of a player to just let go for the 60th overall pick or yeah. whatever in the draft. Um. So, yeah. right. I mean, I think it's. I think it's far gone. I mean, I think he's gone. He's he's gone. This off season, they're gonna trade him. I remember hearing some things that he basically, when he left the the locker room at Fenway on Sunday, it was basically a a goodbye. He was saying goodbye to to everyone there. It's almost far gone. I mean, the Red Sox want to cut payroll, and I mean, they just have too many. You know, they just have spent too much money on other people to sign so Mookie Betts. I mean. Everyone knows I hate Chris Sale. Sure wish they hadn't assigned Chris Sale that huge monster extension before the season. They could just let him walk right now and use the sum of that money they're giving to Chris Sale, you know, $30 million. Same give thing. Give that to, to Mookie Betts. Same thing for David Price. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's a, he's a stud on the World Series, no uh, cap. But, you know, he uh, he's a little overpriced for his market, that's for sure. And, you know, they just don't have enough money to give around. They got, they got too much money invested in starting pitching, which – you know, just speaks to their inability over the past. They developed a lot of these positional players, but they didn't develop any pitching. They haven't I mean, developed have, anybody in years. You have to be able to develop pitching to con- go on consistent long runs because you can find positional help in the open market. But pitching, it's just the market is just way too overpriced for every pitcher that hits the open market. And, I mean, you just don't have enough money. I mean, they do have enough money, but... They don't want to spend it on They him. do, but they don't. And I don't think he wants to be here, so I think he's gone. But if you do trade him, you better, you better hit. Because no matter what the GM does, whoever they come in, 
this is going to be their legacy. It's going to be their first big move, and they're going to be judged on what that trade brings in for their whole time here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Mookie is also gone. Uh, he was on season ticket promotions, posters on the websites for 2020, and they've already taken him off. Yeah, and I heard the, the packaging for the actual season ticket holders doesn't even have them on it. It has, like, J.D., Erod, Erod, I think. And Xander. Oh, Xander, yep, yep. So that just screams to me that they've already kind of assumed that he's a lost cause in terms of bringing him back. So I, I agree with the points that you guys have made. Right. Trade him as much as you want to bring him back. doesn't seem like that's a feasible option at this point. So trade him, get as much value as you can out of him, and pray to God, like you said, Jonathan, that you hit. Yeah. Or else you're going to be... In a, unless your pitching bounces back next year, you're gonna be in big trouble. You're gonna be in trouble. I mean, this isn't all. This isn't just an all-star trade. I mean, this is a generational type talent. Like you, you just have to get studs back. You know, you can't get a fourth starter back. I mean, you got to get a Cy Young caliber pitcher or you know another MVP type candidate. Right. I, I don't think anyone is going to give us that unless it's a prospect that. Nobody knows for right. sure. Right, I'm telling you that them. that's why that's where your scout team comes in. Yeah. Your scout team has to hit. Absolutely, they have to. Absolutely, and it's it's frustrating. It, it really is. I mean, he's been here what five five years. He came up in 2014 towards the end of that terrible year, and just absolutely flashed right away. All those young guys late in that dud of a year, 2014, flashed, and they're still contributing. Him, Xander, you name it. I mean, it's just very. As a fan in general, a guy like Mookie comes through your organization. He's drafted by you. You're, you develop him. He becomes a legit stud, MVP. Yes, his playoff numbers aren't really anything to sneeze at. They're not good. But, I mean, the guy is just starting to come into his prime. He's a gold-glove outfielder. Uh, just a great guy for a face-the-franchise type, type of player, five-tool player. Yes, he has some down years here and there, but, I mean, it's just astounding to see a guy like this come through. They're not going to pay him. He's going to end up walking, or, yes, they trade him this, this offseason. That's nine, like 90% chance that's happening, so at least. Um, it's just, as a fan, I hate it. I hate it. I, I understand they have really bit themselves. Like, it's, it's on the Red Sox. It's their fault. It's not Mookie's fault that he wants to get paid at the top of the market. He is an MVP. He has proven his worth overall. I mean, like, who wouldn't want to pay that guy? I guarantee you any other franchise is going to be clamoring to pay him. Except for the Marlins. <laughs> Except for the Marlins. The Marlins would want Derek Derek Jeter would would laugh at him if Mookie, did, Mookie Betts approached him about joining their team. Yeah. Not that he ever would. No. He but wouldn't. if he did, he'd be like, ha, no. Yeah. No way. I'm gonna trade you for like three picks. <laughs> yeah, not not that I even want to talk about it, but a team like the Braves, be a nice little place for Mookie. Not gonna lie, but I can't even like the thought of him being in a, a different jersey is just terrible. And yeah, I I hate that the Red Sox pretty much did this to themselves, and we're probably not gonna see him in a Red Sox uniform next year. The only thing, I, the only person I hate to see go more than Mookie. Brock Holt. Yes. Oh, my he's guy. Gone. He's gone. He is uh, so gone, and I'm really happy for him because he's going to get paid a bunch of money that he was not getting here because he had a really good year, yep. and he's a really good 
utility bench guy. He's just a great clubhouse guy. And, Seriously. Oh, man. Seeing how he went out, handed out all yeah, the game bats. Yep. I mean, what a guy. Classy. Shout out Brock Holt. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of those fan favorites that really, I mean, he hit it for the cycle in the playoffs. It's not like. He's made an all-star game. Yeah. And he doesn't even, he's not even a full-time starter. He never has been. Right. Mm-hmm. We've seen other fan favorites like your Johnny Gomes and guys like that who like really aren't that good. But you're like, oh, I love his personality. Brock Holt's actually pretty good. He's just, he gets exposed if you're going to play him every single day. Right. But you need a guy like that on your team, invaluable, that can play pretty much any position and is great with the fans, great content. His kid is adorable. Oh, my God. Griffin so Tank Holt. Like, Griffin is awesome. Oh, dingers. Except he hits Brock in the eye, so. That's yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So that's pretty much where, where we are with the Red Sox. The positives that we can pull away, if you guys want to pull any positives, Xander Bogarts and Ra- Raphael Devers looking like your legit three and four hitters for the next however many years. And reportedly, they're going to try to walk up Devers this offseason. So I hope they're able to do that. If there's anything that comes from this offseason that's a positive, it's Raphael Devers getting walked up long term. I agree. And uh, also, yeah, Erod looking E-Rod, like your yeah. ace. I mean, Chris Sale and David Price. Yuck. Yuck. Those are just the, yeah. That's all you got to say is yuck. <laughs> and that's you got sixty mil to the two of them, and More another and another yeah. and another twenty to Evaldi. So <laughs> there you go. There's eighty mil yuck. to three starters. Yuck. Oh, it's just so bad. You cringe. But at least Erod looks like a legit number one two guy. Yeah. Yep. And uh, on a smaller note, um, Darwinson Hernandez looked pretty solid in uh, the the bullpen for when they used him there. You might have something there at least. Workman, so, Workman, Workman, Workman looked well. great. Just I, I would save games. Yeah, I never use him in a ninth inning guy, but he's one of the best eighth inning guys around. Right. So that's at least a positive. If you could find a ninth inning guy, you know, if you had a ninth inning guy, which you did. Oh, they did have one, right? Uh, well, yeah, they, they did. They did. That uh, Craig Kimbrell guy. That yeah, he pitched oh. so well this year. Yeah. Oh yeah, because he had to take four months off because nobody, because no one wanted him. That's just absurd. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. It was the draft pick compensation, and you know it. Nah. True. Nah. Also, you know, we might be able to see... Uh, we might be able to see some Bobby Dahl back next year. Maybe old Dalton uh, Furbush. Yeah, old Dalton That's Furbush. That's your closer. That's your closer. Hopefully. I hope to God. Hopefully. Hopefully. Because he looked terrible this year. <laughs> yeah. He was supposed to be, and then he looked right. awful. Yeah. yeah. I I just hope their, their bullpen... Can at least at Jay least Groom? be some... Jay Groom back from the dead. Jay Groom, no, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I freaking see it. Hey, are we ever gonna see Pedroia again, or is he just like done? I think done? he's done. I, Cooked. He's. I think I he has to be done. Still, I. They gotta make him retire so his money. Just It'd be goes nice away. for him to retire. His money just needs to. He go won't away. though. I yeah. don't think he will. He's stubborn like that. I mean, because all he can do is he, he just sits on the bench, and just makes a bunch of money. Right. Yeah. He's he could like, be a nice guy and like take. Some, and hopefully they can just entice him to be a coach. Like, well, just retire and then he can become a coach right now. Right. Right. That's basically what he is. He'd be yeah. infield coach. Most expensive bench coach in the league. Fendi. No cap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember when they gave him that deal, too, and kind of thinking, like, oh, is he really going to hold up? Like, is he going to be the same guy when he's that age? And, yeah, I mean, it, maybe he gets back to the point where he comes in, like, once or twice every week. But, like, at that point, again, 
is it even worth it in the beginning of the 2019 season when they had that terrible uh, opening, like, 18 games? You're sitting there like, like, first of all, they can't even, like, do this themselves right now, and they're going to carry a, you know, a damaged goods veteran. You know, they can't. And so, ultimately, he just went away, and I don't even know if he's rehabbing. Like, the last we heard, I thought he was just resting. Like, he couldn't even rehab. He was just resting because, like, that's how banged up he was. Like, that knee stuff is chronic, man, and I, I just don't see him. I don't I don't see it happening. Well, you got a little knee injury, too. How are we doing there coming? I, I do. I do. Patellar tendonitis. We're, <laughs> we're, we're pretty good. Uh, you, what's your uh, injury tag? Are you on the injury report for the FBL? You questionable this week? I'm questionable, but uh, more so questionable because... I got some work on Saturday, so I'm not really sure. I'm going to well, play the Sunday. We're Sundays. Sundays. We're Sunday, guys. Oh, Sunday. Okay. Well, in that I, case. How, should, how did you forget about that? I should be okay. Well, I don't know if we were going to try to, you know, do back-to-backs here and there because I know, you know, we've got a lot of games to play. We do? True. I'm, I'm technically also going to be at it because of the Achilles. Nice. Nice. It's unfortunate. And I- yeah, though I don't play that many games, I I do have a bum hamstring. I'm still working. Oh on. my god, that, that is the fakest injury I've ever heard of. For those listening, and I got a broken at, hand. For those listening at home, uh, the FBL was our football league that you probably care so much about. But yeah, you know, just getting the injury report out there. But uh, yeah, yeah, seriously, this Red Sox team, if if you guys struggled through this like a lot of us did. I don't know when you checked out. Hopefully it was like right after that trade deadline when they dropped eight in a row. That's when the season was completely lost. Dombrowski sent a message by not bringing anybody in, and they just peeled right away. They they just they shut down pretty much completely. So who do you think replaces him? Dombrowski? Yep. I don't know. Like, honestly, I, I don't. And for a while, yeah, I was... I was parroting. I was, I was hyping up the the Theo rumors because look honestly, if if you could have anybody in here, it would be Theo Epstein. Uh, have have him come home. His he had a nice time with the Cubs. He was able to help reverse their curse. I mean, the guy is a Hall of Fame executive. That's like hands down, bar none. We already know that he could stop right now. And then hearing that. Like, Dan Shaughnessy literally confirming, yeah, he wants to come back here at some point before his professional career is over. Like, he said it as if it was fact. Like, he knew that. And I just feel like, man, if if somehow, like, that Cubs team, that collapse down the stretch was bad enough that they're like, all right, Joe Madden, get out of here. All right, Theo, we love you, mean it, but thank you for everything, but we'll see you. Like, if the Red Sox called and inquired about it, but him, he pretty much shut down all, all those rumors. Uh, it was, like, around a week ago. And said, "Oh, there's there's nothing to that, blah blah blah," and maybe that's true. But I hope the Red Sox at least kick the tires. Do like, you do you think they stay in house and hire one of their own executives or promote them? I should say, or do you think they go out and hire someone outside? I don't. I think they go out because as one of the most recent like updates on that front was that they were they were looking to go outside the organization. So, yeah, I would say go outside of the organization. Someone with a sort of clear mindset, not really swayed one way or the other or influenced by anybody in the organization. Get in there and just make it happen. Does anyone have any names that they'd uh, like to throw out? I What I heard like originally was I thought they were going to go in-house. I think they still might go in-house. I, th- but, I agree uh, with that. Um, I don't think so. Eddie Romero, I think that's the name. That's the name that's been floated the most, I've heard. He's a yeah. director of 
I don't know, player scouting or something Whatever like that. Whatever it is. Yeah, he's some... Um, but I do think they're going... Yeah, I think they're promoting from within <coughs> just because if they can't get Theo, the market isn't all that strong. So, yeah, I think they're, I think they're going in-house. Yeah, I mean, in 2002, when they were looking... When they hi- hired Theo, they were looking outside and trying to get Billy Bean, and then that didn't work out, and then they just promoted Theo from within. Thank God. Yeah. Billy right. Bean. Hey, he's going to the playoffs. I mean, Oakland. Trash. It's tough. Small market. Yeah. But um, one name outside, Jared Porter. He's with Diamondbacks. He was with the Red Sox for a while and followed uh, Mike Hazen down to Arizona. He's been a good guy down there, and maybe you could entice him to be a full-time GA, or a regular general manager instead of an assistant yeah. and come back. I yeah. You could also throw out Josh Burns from the Dodgers. He's their senior VP of baseball operations. He worked with Theo Epstein in Boston as assistant general manager for a bit. So he has connections to Theo. He has connections to the organization. He knows the Epstein tree, the way that works. Yeah, something that Charrington likes and is all in on. So if you that's a that's a name. Also, there's another uh, Diamondbacks executive, uh, Emil Sade. Hopefully, I didn't botch that. Well, you sounded kind of. Um, he's also Diamondbacks. Uh, he has ties nice. to uh, the Red Sox. Both Porter and Sade, former Sox executives. Okay. All right. So we got some names. Uh, when we when we finally do get a new GM, uh, we'll revisit this, see what we think. Uh, absolutely. And same thing with the Mookie Betts stuff. Until then, really out on Red Sox talk. Like we're just talking now because this is the latest news. It's pretty relevant. Their season just ended, so gotta sprinkle in a little bit of Red Sox in there for sure. So, but we'll definitely when. Breaking news stuff happens. We'll definitely mix them back in. Can we finish with uh, just a, a sprinkle, like you said, of hockey? Since hockey kicks off tomorrow, we do. We got like two minutes, though. We gotta be quick. all right. So let's just do uh, a Bruins prediction, maybe a Stanley Cup prediction. All right, I'll start. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, you jinxed them last year, Ryan. You called. You said they were going to win the Stanley Cup last year. I did, and they were one game away. You jinxed them. It's on you. I'm sure that's on me. <laughs> that, that's on yeah. you. So you don't. What you're saying is you don't want me to say it again. Uh, is that what you want? Is that what I'm hearing? That, kind of prefer that, yeah. All right, all right. So why don't why don't I do the opposite? The Bruins will make the Stanley Cup this year again, but they'll lose. Okay. Do you have an opponent or no? Not yet. Uh, on the spot, Sharks. Okay. All right, Jonathan. Um, I don't have the Bruins going to the Stanley Cup. I think they'll be third in their division behind Tampa Bay and Toronto. And I think this is finally the year that Toronto beats them in the first round. And my Stanley Cup prediction, I have the Calgary Calgary Flames over the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Cup finally returns to Canada in 2020. That's hot. I do have the Cup returning to Canada in 2020. But it's going to Winnipeg. Ooh, Patrick Laine, dude's a stud, and they are also going to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Bruins have finished second in their division and a little second that. round exit. Don't, Don't agree with that. that. Good, yeah, I, I agree with Zach on the second round exit. I again, I think to the Lightning, but I'll say Tampa Bay. They get to the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, final rather, and they'll go up against the Sharks. Joe Thornton's finally going to get his cup. Finally. It's about time. 
I was kind of, if anybody was going to win it other than the Bruins this past season, I was going to root for Joey Thorne. But this year, I can do it again. So that's what we're going with. Love me some Jumbo Joe. Absolutely. We'll have a lot more Bruins talk as the season gets closer and we finally get underway. But for that, that's our show. That's our show. And we'll be back next Tuesday, same time slot, 5 to 7 p.m. We'll be in the downstairs studio, so we'll be able to take phone calls and have all your blazing hot takes. So be sure to do that. Take this number down, 508-531-1303. This has been the Mouth and Off Sports Show, hosted by Dan Sadik, alongside with Zach Lacey, Jonathan Sullivan, and Ryan Brown, our first fully packed show. Feels pretty good, guys. Feels pretty good. Feels great. Mortal lock, baby. Absolutely. 0-3, mortal locks. My moral walks are hitting this week. I'm taking all your four for fours. Nah. They're mine. Cap. Meat cap. Roll Seahawks. Roll, yeah. Roll Hawks, baby. Roll Hawks. Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze, country roads. Take me home to the place.